Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith. Somebody shout, now faith. Now faith faith is the assurance, it's the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Now faith is the proof, the scripture goes on to say, being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Are y'all getting a hold of that? Now I read it out of this translation because it kind of defines it as it goes. Uh, It's a faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Tell your neighbor, it don't matter if you don't feel it. Huh? It don't matter if your eyes can't see it. Now listen, I am preaching 100 miles an hour. I, I just want to stop right now and say, it is good to have Michael and Valerie Morgan and their daughter right here. Just wave a little bit. I got to pastor these guys. He was my right-hand man, one of my elders. They've all the way down visiting. Thanks for stopping by. We love you. Uh, I think it's very important for you to get because I feel like, and I feel to let you be seated. Uh, that uh, American faith, if you will, or Western faith is founded so much on God performing before you receive it. It's a futuristic faith. And it's a safe place. Come on now. It's just safe. I'm I'm just waiting on God. And we don't understand the terminology of waiting on God. And we want to stand on the sideline while God's out on the battlefield doing what you could be doing if you really believe. Are you following me? And, and, and everything in the Americanized society is about visual and seeing and feeling and touching and smelling and tasting. Amen. But the faith that I'm talking about is a faith that transcends anything my senses can pick up in the natural it reaches in and latches hold on what God has already done. Okay? Turn with me now to 2 Corinthians. Throw me those glasses up here, Russ, please. Second Corinthians, chapter Corinthians 4:18. Backs this scripture up. For we look not at the things which are seen. Look over at your neighbor and ask him, what you looking at? Huh? To ask your other neighbor, what you looking at? We, we don't look at the things that are seen. The reason your mind is agitated and aggravated is because you're looking at the wrong thing. Oh, somebody help me right there. Your, your focus is too low. I look unto the which cometh my help. You you got to raise your perspective. Oh my God, are y'all getting this already? We don't look at the things. Why? Because uh, at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporary. Wow. Now that's, God bless you. It's good to have you today. You dismissed. 
Huh? Have I just preached? Some, that's somebody's word right now. Amen. High five your neighbor and tell them it's temporary. I don't know what you're going through, but it's temporary. Amen. My God, don't set your emotions on what's happening that's temporary. Amen. Don't, don't build a house where you are. It's temporary. Oh, is anybody listening to me? If you understand that, you learn how to worship Him in temporary situations because you done seen the eternal. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God, your problem is you're focusing on the wrong thing. So we don't look at the things which are seen. The world does that. He said, them things are temporary, but... The things which are not seen are eternal. They're eternal. Now, you got to understand this about eternal, eternity. Eternity, and I'm really regressing from last week. I just wasn't ready to move on. Next week, you'll get new material. Eternity is not time without end, as some say. Eternity, amen, has no time. It has no past. And it has no future. So in eternity, everything is. So the things which are not seen are right now. Did y'all catch it? Now, I'm going to stretch your theology. And you may have to chew on this a little while. But it's right now. There is no grace for yesterday. And my grace is not redeemable for tomorrow. There's only a grace for right now. In, in, in time now, that, that's up above. The temporal has to do with time. It's governed by revolutions of heavenly bodies, right? But in God's now and day, there may be lots of revolutions of heavenly bodies, but it's still right now. It's still today. Oh, I don't know if y'all ready for this this morning. It's right now. It's right now. <laughs> I'm strong right now. I got victory right now. Oh my God. I'm healed right now. I'm an overcomer right now. I'm not caught almighty. I'm not fixing to be strong. I'm strong right now. I'm not fixing to get victory. I got victory right now. And all of a sudden it's starting to change things. Well, I don't feel like, I don't care how you feel. That's what's killing the American church. For we walk by faith, not by When you start walking by what you can see with your natural eye, you start staggering at the promises. Uh, Let's tie in my last week's scripture and I'll let you sit down. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Oh my God, you got to get that. You got grace for what you're in right now. Don't take it for granted. Use it. Use it. You have an empowerment from God for where you are right now. You got to access it. You got to use it. He goes into the next scripture telling us, For God said, for he said, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I helped you. Behold, everybody read it out loud in concert. Now is the accepted time. Behold, 
Now is the day of salvation. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week we established the fact that the, object, uh, the objective of this series, I didn't realize it was going to be a series, but this series was and, and, and is to get you to step out of your Western mindset and step into a Hebrews mindset. Amen? It's a, it's a, you, you're reading out of a Hebrew Bible written in Hebrew language, which later on the Greek's uh, uh, language was picked up and adopted. But the, 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 the mother language was the Hebrew. That was how they expressed themselves. And the Hebrew mindset was one of such trust and confidence. Now, we got to change a mindset so you start coming to the word from a different perspective. We keep coming to the Word with a futuristic mindset. Rather than coming to the Word the way the Word was breathed by the Hebrew writers. The way it was spoken by God Himself. So the Hebrew mindset was one of such faith and confidence and trust in the spoken Word of God. Then when, that when they wrote what was to come, they wrote it as it already was. You ever notice that in your Bible? In other words, when God spoke in their minds, it was good as done. You follow me? If God said it, it's as good as done. You could be a person, amen, that, that, that just, just lives on truth. And everything comes out of your mouth is truth. You're not a liar. Amen. You, you tell the truth. But your truth is always relevant. It's relevant to circumstances. It's relevant only to current situations and circumstances. Your truth could be turned into a lie. Your, your, your truth is at the mercy of situations and circumstances you cannot control. Uh, Brother Morgan, I, I could tell you, look, man, uh, I'm going to let you take me out to eat. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't going to use that car. I, I'm going to take you out to eat today. Amen. And that is the truth. Uh, Valerie, I'm going to, I'll be over there and I'll, I'll see y'all tomorrow. And that is the truth as far as I can tell. But I cannot control the situations that may be interjected in my life that changes my truth to a lie. Because you're sitting there, amen, at the restaurant by yourself waiting on me to come pick up the tickets. That preacher lied to me. That preacher lied to me. But the Hebrews knew God so well. And they understood that God said, I will work and who will hinder me? What circumstance will change what I have spoken? Oh, is anybody listening to me? What devil has the power to alter what I have spoken? Because if I say you're going to win the battle and you need a little more daylight, I'll reach down and grab the sun with one hand and I'll grab the moon with the other hand and I'll hold them in place. Oh my God, are you listening to me this morning? That's the mindset that the Hebrews encountered their God with. So I come to tell some of you, 
that circumstance that is presenting itself as the truth, when it meets up with God, it becomes a lie. So why would you cling to a lie when you can cling to the truth? Oh, my, 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 my. So in their minds, it was good as done. Therefore, that's how they spoke, and that's how they wrote this Bible. It's what I call the language of faith. They believed that God's word was more reliable than the ground they were standing on. God, this stuff's too much, man. I said they believed that God's word was more reliable. What if we just believed that God's word was more reliable than the doctor's report? What, what if we believe that God's word was more reliable than the checkbook? What if we believe that God's word was more reliable than what the enemy is saying about you? And then we would be declaring, amen, no weapon formed against me can prosper. He didn't say that there wasn't going to be weapons pointed at me, but if you trusted in God more than we did our enemy, we would look at weapons and say, give it your best shot. Oh my God, is anybody going to help me this morning? Just give it your best shot because all you got cannot prosper against me. So that's the way the Hebrews wrote. 700 years before Jesus was born. Amen. Isaiah said, unto us, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He said it's more reliable. It's more reliable. God's word is, is more reliable than the ground I'm standing on. It's more reliable than the sun coming up in the east and setting in the west. Amen. Matter of fact, Isaiah said, the mountains may be removed, the hills may shake, but my word cannot and will not be shaken. Am I helping anybody in this play? You got to realize what perspective are you coming to the word in? Amen. See that big old mountain up there? It may be ripped up and cast into the sea. Amen. Everything that I know that is real and reality can be shaken to the core. But I can tell you one thing. God's word cannot be shaken. God's will for my life cannot be. Somebody ought to shout over that right there because God's will cannot be shaken in my life. The devil cannot grab the steering wheel of my life out of God's hand and run me into a tree. God, this message must be for me this morning. Amen. I, I don't know if you're getting it as, as well as I got it. Some, the psalmist wrote about it. He wrote from this platform. He said, God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in time of need. Did, did y'all hear what I said? He is a very present help in time of need. Can I pull y'all into a Hebrew mindset? Amen. We need to quit saying God's fixing to. We need to quit saying God's coming. We need to quit praying God come fill this place because my Bible says He is. He is. You know what that means? He's here right now. So if He's here right now, why am I freaking out? That's for you. If he's here right now, why am I freaking out? If he's here right now, I must assume he is a present help. Oh my God, this is stirring my faith. He's here right now. You mean I ain't got to wait to smile? 
No, you smile right now. Well, it worked for some of you. But you don't understand how hard it is to smile because you don't understand the condition that my marriage is in, that my finances is in, that my body is in, and the pain that's in my body. When I come to tell you what Hebrew faith says, Hebrew says that he is a present help in time of need, meaning he's helping you right now. Amen. I'm finna, I'm finna help somebody. He's already helping you. I just don't know if y'all are getting it. He's not going to help you. He's already helped you. Don't take the grace in vain. Don't take the grace in vain. He's given you grace for where you are right now. God spoke to me in prayer the other day. I think I texted to a couple of people. Amen. Until you access the grace to endure, you cannot move to a level. You're in no position to receive grace to change the situation. Did you catch that? We want grace to change it. Grace to change it. Well, the grace that changes, it has to be built upon a platform of a grace that stands in the situation and says, he's here. He's here. He's here. I'm going to quit being depressed now because he's here. I don't see the situation change, but he is here. He's my help right now. And when I quit taking in vain the grace I have for today, he deals me grace. Oh, did y'all catch that? He said, be faithful over the little I've given you right where you're at and you'll get more to change the situation. Oh, my God. So some of you need to get your eye out of the future and get it in now. Your futuristic face is killing you. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the victory yet. Oh, yeah, you do. It's right now. It's right now. But, but, but your response to now faith is what prepares you, uh, your faith to encounter what you're reaching for. Does that make sense to you? Look at this. Let's go a little deeper. Y'all get anything out of this? He said, he's an ever-present help. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed... Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters be troubled and the waves are roaring, he said, I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Because God's word is unchangeable. God's word is unchangeable. My God, I feel a prophetic word finna come out of my spirit. Y'all better stay on your toes. Amen. It's unchangeable. Some of you are on the verge of making a permanent decision over a temporary situation because the double side, because the waves are rolling in your life. The storm is brewing in your life. The lightning is crashing in your life. And you're about to make, oh, somebody pray for me right now. You're about to make a bad decision over a temporary thing. He is here now. My God, he didn't never say there wouldn't be no weapon formed. He just said it couldn't prosper. He didn't say I wouldn't walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He just said I'm going to be there. Keep walking. You're coming out the other side. And he ain't going to meet you on the other side. He's got a hold to you right now. Right now. Right now, 
right now. My God, I'm reaching for somebody right now by the Holy Spirit. Right now. Right now. You're sitting there in a, in a, in a futuristic face saying maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will not be better until you worship now. Until you praise now. Until you never shut Until you glorify God right now. Right now. Somebody needs to get up on your feet right now and start praising Him for what you believe is already done. Oh, listen, listen, don't sit down. Don't sit down because this is tough. This is tough for some of you. Amen. Because it's hard to praise when the storm is brewing. It's hard to worship when all hell is coming against you. You got to... That's why the Bible calls it the sacrifice of praise. Come on, sacrifice your feelings. Sacrifice your emotion. Lay your feelings. Oh my God, on the altar of sacrifice. Come on, come on, come on, help me, help me, help me. Right now, right now, right now, right now. See, some of you are having a hard time worshiping because of what you did yesterday. Yesterday is gone. All you have is right now. Right now. Don't take this grace in vain. Don't take it in vain. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. The grass withers and the flower fades, but my word will endure forever. Your problem will wither. It's going to fade. It's going to fade. The situation is going to fade. Are you getting this? It's going to fade. So if you really believe it, you're going to worship it. You're going to praise it. I've been approved to you. If you don't, it means you don't believe it. And you're standing with a futuristic faith saying when he does, I'm going to testify about it. But let me tell you about a little woman who had a dead child. Let me tell you about a lady whose promise was gone. Let me tell you, let me tell you how the Hebrews taught. She knew her God. She knew her God. Amen. She went and laid him in the prophet's bed, went out to the field and told Daddy, the husband, get me a donkey ready. We're going to see the man of God. He said, today is not the Sabbath. Amen. It's not a new moon. Why are you going to church today? And she looked him in the eyes and said, let me tell you what, honey, everything's all right. All is well. Not it's going to be well. Not it shall be well. But I come to tell you, it is well right now. It is well right now. It is well right. My God. Y'all going to have to overlook me this morning. I can't stand it. My God, y'all help me preach. I'm running out of air. Grab your neighbor by the arm and shake him. Say, it's well. It's all right. Don't tell him it's going to be all right. Tell him it is all right. Tell him it is all right. It is all right. Why? Because God said it. Will not. 
will not look. I'm not looking. <laughs> I ain't looking. He said, whose report you going to believe? Hey Amen. I ain't looking. I ain't looking at my circumstances. I'm not looking at them, and I'm not looking to them. And beca- yeah, I just got another whole sermon. Write that down and preach it next time. I ain't got, to, I ain't got the wind all the time. When the, I ain't going there. <laughs> I'm wanting to get sidetracked, but I ain't. Let me tell you what Jesus said about his word. Jesus said, truly, surely, surely. Jesus said that a lot. When he said that, you better pay attention. He meant what he said. It's like when mama said, Dean Lamar. She only used one name. She was all right. But when she used both, when he wanted to say attention, he took it to the second power. Surely, surely, he said. Truly, truly. That's truth to the second power. How do you take absolute truth to the second power? I was just thinking out loud. Truly, truly, he said, until the sky and earth pass away and perish, the smallest letter or one little Hebrew hook will not pass away until everything I say has been fulfilled. I don't know what the doctor told you. I don't know what your own mind's telling you. Google is probably the worst thing we ever got our hands on. I got a pain right here. Google. Up. I got those symptoms. Cancer. You don't look at me like that. We Google everything. You can go to the doctor and he'll give you a clean bill of report, but we Googled it and overrode what the doctor said. I'm, mm. My God, somebody help me. What if we had all the symptoms and the doctor said it was there, Beth, that I did have brain cancer, amen? But I chose to push that report aside and pick up God's report, who once again, who once again, when the Hebrew wrote it, it didn't say, by my stripes you can be healed. Is anybody in this building? It said, by my stripes you were healed. <laughs> Amen. So technically, for all you sick folks, somebody asked, how you feeling? I'm doing great. Got healed. Oh, yeah? When? 2,000 years ago? Ah, oh, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And all of a sudden, it changes. Can we go a little deeper? So, Hebrew faith, and, I, and I'm still backtracking just a little bit. But a Hebrew's faith, when he comes, when he wrote the word, and when he comes to the word, his faith is established on the fact that the work of the Father is finished. Give me Hebrews 4.3. I don't know if I sent that to you or not. When, 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 when they come to the word... They come with this mindset right here. For we which have believed do enter into some rest. Futuristic faith will never give you rest. You're really, what you're really waiting on to rest is for the storm to cease. And you call that rest. But that's not true rest because it's conducive to 
there being calm in your life. And, and let me throw this in right here. Faith is not a, doesn't make me immune to trouble. Am I right about it? It don't immunize me from trouble. But it can give me rest in the midst of my trouble. We only want that faith that delivers us. Changes all my situations and circumstances for me. Huh? But he, Hebrews 11, it gives you half the chapter where they got the prayer answered. And then down, way on down there, it says, but the others got cut in two, lived in caves, didn't have right food or clothes. He said, but they had a good report for God. While you got to stretch out in a recliner to rest, they was laying in caves on rocks with a piece of God saying, God's so good. Oh, you Americans can't even receive this kind of stuff. Because our, your faith's about you. True faith's about him. And he's good in the cave. Oh, oh. He's good in the cave. And he's good in the palace. He's good in the pit. And he's good in the palace. He's good when my spouse is sane. And he's good when he loses his mind. Oh, that's a good place for some of y'all to go ahead and shout. <laughs> Easy, Roger. He said, we enter into rest. As he has said, I sworn in my wrath. Technically, it says, they shall not enter my rest because they didn't believe. Uh, somebody catch this. Although the works were finished, when? Is that the mindset you have? It's what God's word said. Is that what we're living in? Is that what we're walking in? The works were finished. What works? Every work you need done in your life. It was finished from the foundation of the world. So number one, a Hebrew comes to, work with a, uh, comes to prayer too. This ought to change your prayer life. Are you following me? Believing that it's completed. Number two, they come, they come believing not only is the father's work finished, but the son's work's finished. The Bible says that he, he had, when he received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It's done. It's complete. It's, it's, it's totally finished. So when they were moved by the Holy Spirit to write this holy writ or to relay what <coughs> God was and is saying, they articulated it from a platform of faith. My God, help us. From Genesis to Revelations, they articulated it, articulated it from a platform of faith. A faith that is so sure and confident that it speaks of the progressive work of God is already finished. That's where we're going next week. Hold that note. They spoke of the progressive work of God as if it was already finished. And the reason they spoke like this, because this was God speaking, Right? And your Bible says in the book of Romans, the writer Paul actually identified God as the God who speaks things that are not as they already were. Real faith speaking will confuse people around you. They'll start calling you names. That's some old word of faith people. They start talking bad about you. 
when really they're the ones who hadn't learned how to talk. Because our God speaks things that are not as they already were. Because he already paid the price and established it. So that means it's done. It may not be in its perfect form yet, but it's done. That's why your Bible says all the promises of God are. Did y'all catch that? Yes, and I love the original translation and idea from the Hebrews' mind is. It literally says all the promises of God are a, a, a definitive yes. And we by faith in Jesus Christ, shout amen to the finished product. So, so the reason some of us have not received what's already been done is because we have not amened what God has already said. Maybe all heaven's waiting on is an amen. So be it. The problem with us American churches is we only have amens when we're feeling it. God, that's so good right there. Huh? But real faith will amen it when I don't feel it. Why? Because we don't look at the things that are. I'm looking into that eternal, eternal realm of right now. God. Are y'all enjoying listening as much as I'm enjoying preaching? This is worth coming to church for. I'm telling you, I think we're going to take another offering. I mean, you can't get this stuff on what you gave. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoop, killed the spirit right then. <laughs> Holy Spirit, would you bail me out of this? So, so now it makes sense. The language of God. And I know I'm digressing, but that's okay. This, this hasn't sunk in yet. We'll move forward next week. That's why it would sound strange to some of us, and I'm sure it even strange, sounded strange to uh, Gideon. That's why some of you have a problem receiving from God because he, 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 he speaks to your potential, not your performance. And you're performance-oriented. And you're sitting there beating yourself up because you didn't perform well while God is looking at the coward saying, Get up, almighty man of valor. My God, my God, I'm going to preach. Get up, almighty man of valor. Gideon said, my God, who are you talking to? You can't be talking to me. Don't you see? I'm, I'm scared. I'm shaking. Don't you see? I'm hiding in the rock. And God has said, what are you talking about? That's why when God, you, you, you think God lost Adam? <laughs> Do y'all actually think God lost Adam? It just amazes me when people say, I found God. Oh, yeah? You found God. Well, let me go. I got news for you. You didn't find God. He found you and gave you the desire to look for Him so you could find Him. Yes, we talked about that. That's your sermon. I believe this is why God came walking through the day. He wasn't walking around looking behind bushes. <laughs> huh? He wasn't a distraught father who had lost his child in Walmart. Where's he? Where's he? Have you seen my son? Huh? No, sir, I believe God walked out and said, Adam, I believe he was looking at something that he didn't create it and he would not acknowledge what he didn't create. And he was declaring, Adam, where are you? 
Adam, where are you? Where is what I created? Where is the potential I created? I'm not even going to acknowledge or address. So God is not going to acknowledge your failure or your dysfunction. And he certainly ain't going to identify you with it. He's going to call you. Um, is anybody in this building? So, so here's my challenge. Why don't you start calling yourself what God is calling you right now? That I am well able. I can do all things. God, is anybody getting this word? Say, get up, almighty man of valor. Why? Because all Gideon could see was himself hiding, and God could see him running down the mountain with a sword in one hand and a lamp in the other, saying, The sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon is against you. God. So I told Joshua, he said, All right, I want you to go. I've given, I've given you the city. Joshua's standing there looking at walls that are impregnable. I mean, they say they're so wide they race chariots on top of these walls. He's standing there looking at these walls with armed soldiers all the way around one of the greatest fortified cities of biblical time. And God is saying, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. But in order for you to get it, I have to have a response of faith. Are y'all following me now? Amen. So this is what I want you to do. I need you to put some footprints on what I have given to you. Because I have given you everywhere you put the soles of your feet. Amen. And I want you to march seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout. Amen. Don't shout because I'm going to give you the city. I need a response of your faith that is shouting in the face of impregnable, jericoical opposition in your life. Oh, my God. I don't know if y'all got that. If he would have never shouted, if he would have never gave God glory, if he would have never worshipped, them walls would have never come down. What if you are standing? Amen. What if they had awaited and said, God's going to knock them down. God's going to knock them down. God's going to knock them down. Amen. That sounds like us. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Joshua said, guys, he's already done it, so let's enter into a little worship service. Hey! I believe, he told him, he said, don't say a word. I want y'all to keep your mouth shut. So I believe the reason he did, because they'd have been describing them walls. They'd have been saying, my God, look how tall. We look not at the things which are seen. That have been describing. Oh my God, look at them walls. Look at them soldiers. Look at them spears. Look at them. Look at look at all the military weapons they got. Amen. He said, No, no, we don't look at that. We look into the unseen realm of what God said about this situation. And I so believe it. I'm gonna go ahead and shout right now. Right now. I'm gonna go ahead and praise God right now. Now, no wonder the Bible says, I know it sounds crazy to you, but he said, let the weak say that I am. People kill me, always waiting to get stronger. When I get stronger, when I get straight, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. He said, no, let the weak say I am strong. Let the bound say I am delivered. Because when you believe that truth, it'll start changing your behavior. Because you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall make you free. My God, are, are y'all getting this? Can y'all just give me 45 more minutes? <laughs> Ain't no sense lying. <laughs> he, he told him, Brother Michael, he told him, he said, uh, all right, we're going to go in and take the promised land. And they came up to the Jordan River, and it was in flood season. That Jordan, I mean, that Jordan River was out of its banks. I'm, y'all know how the Washtenaw gets when it gets up there. It's scary. It's eating away the banks, and it's just frightening. And they walk up to the Jordan River, and she's out of banks. God said, I'm going to split that water. He said, this is what I want you to do. When your priest gets up there, I want him to walk out in it. I want them to so believe that what I said I meant and that it's so done that they're willing to walk right out in of the thing that they're terrified of. Are y'all following me? Our faith wants to stand on the bank and wait till God moves so we can walk against it. Can I tell you, let me tell you what, you'll never step into your miracle with dry feet. Let me put it this way. You'll never access your miracle with a futuristic faith. I believe it's so done now, I'm going to step into it. I believe he's so done it now, I'm going to go ahead and praise him. I'm just going to go ahead and worship him. I'm going to go ahead and magnify him for it. I'm going to go ahead and exalt his name for it. Oh, my God, my God, I need to quit. But I just feel like somebody is right on the verge of believing what I'm saying. And some of you are just about to be delivered from a Greek-minded, Western-minded faith that can only look back and it can only look forward. He said, now I have helped you. Now is your accepted time. Now is a grace to bring you out of this. Can you really receive this? That some of you come to church in trouble this morning. Do you really believe you can walk out those doors out of trouble? Y'all don't even know how to respond to that, do you? But. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. You need to kick your butt out. B-U-T. You need to kick your (laughs) out because there ain't no but when God speaks. It kind of reminds me of, who was it? Philip or Nathaniel? When all them thousands was there, Brother Stacy, to be fed. Jesus asked him, how are we going to feed this bunch? You can rest assured when God asks you a question, it's it's not an inquiry. He's not trying to glean some information from you he don't have. <laughs> yeah, that's plum funny, ain't it? He's trying to get you thinking about what can be done in this situation. And Nathaniel, Philip, one of them said, Lord, here's a little old greasy sack lunch. Five loaves and a couple fish. And if he would have stopped right there, he'd have been a hero. He said, but... What is that among so many? If you'd kick the butt out of your faith statements, they would be 
now faith. There would be now faith. That I may not see it with my natural eyes, but it's as sure as this concrete I'm standing on. Matter of fact, that scripture translated is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance actually means cement. The foundation. Now faith is a foundation that God can develop His promise in your life. But you've got to have that foundation. You've got to have that foundation. This is your weapon. It's your weapon. The Bible says when those priests walked out there into what they believed was already done, the water began to part. Moses walked up to the Red Sea and was crying to God. And God said, what are you praying about? <laughs> now, I'm an advocate of prayer. What are, you pray- what are you crying about? He said, stretch your rod out over that sea. You realize how humiliating that could have been with Moses? Because when he stretched his rod in that direction, he was telling three million people, here's the direction we're going in. <laughs> and they're saying, yeah, I knew he was senile. He has lost his mind. He made a declaration, we're going in that direction. Oh, my God, there's somebody, a word right there. Maybe that's the problem. You can't get out of the rut you're in because you won't make a prophetic declaration. I'm going that way. I'm going God's way. God said go this way. I know it's a difficult way, but it's God. Oh, there it is. I know there's obstacles this way, but it's God's way. And you can make fun of me if you want to. I'm going that way. Moses, you can't go that way. My God, call the elders. Let's have a board meeting. Let's get rid of this pastor. What are you laughing about, Griffin? Get rid of this pastor. He's lost his mind. That's why a lot of churches are not moving and growing because the man of God heard from God and when he pointed in that direction, those that were looking at what you could see, I got to behave right there. Now faith will stand waist deep in the contrary current of opposition. That's what you call waiting on God. Is when you so believe it, you step into the situation. I'm, I'm, I'm so not waiting on him to give me peace. I so believe that I already have it that I'm just going to step into it. I'm, I'm, I'm so not going to wait for some emotion of joy to rise up in my life. I so believe he's given me joy. I'm just going to step into it. Can y'all receive this kind of teaching? No one in the Bible says leap for joy. Amen. It didn't say leap because you got it. Huh? Are you following me? I mean, don't say leap so you can get it. It said leap because you have it. Leap for joy. We're so sensual and it robs us of faith. He said, those who have believed enter into rest. Rest. Do not equate equate rest with your problem being solved. Because there is a rest. There is a now faith that says, O king, 
build the fire up seven times hotter if you want to. Are you following me? There's a now faith that says stir them lines up all you want to. Because I'm going to lay down right in the middle of them and I'm going to rest. Because today is my day of salvation. Now is the point of time. All right, I'm through. I quit. Shake your neighbor up a little bit and tell them now's the day. Tell them right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Now's your time. I feel like quitting, but I got so much more to preach to you because Jesus, Jesus acted just like his daddy. He come doing the same thing. He ran into a woman that was bowled over for 38 years and said, woman, you are loosed. Not you're going to be. You know what he told Lazarus? Come out of there. Rest of them said, are you kidding me? He's dead. Matter of fact, not only is he dead, he's stinking now. Jesus didn't say Lazarus rise from the dead. He already knew. Are you following me? Uh, did y'all catch that? He already knew the work had been done. So he just told him, come on out of there. Huh? He spit mud and put it in the man's eyes and said, now go wash in the pool of slow. The man was stumbling down there looking like an idiot said, I got to get these mud out of my eyes because I've been healed. Amen. I got, I got to, I got to go and, and access a grace that's been given for me right now. My God, our whole prayer life ought to change after I teach this. Peter and John walked up to a crippled man and said, get up. They saw something he didn't see evidently because he didn't get up. So they didn't go into intercessory prayer. Oh God, would you please? They knew he was healed. He just didn't know it. Are y'all following me? So he just grabbed him by the hand and jerked him up. Am I changing anybody's mindset? Yes. Are y'all starting to see how our prayer is an indictment against us? Begging God to do what he's already done. Begging God to give you strength he's already given you. Begging God to give you a peace that's already yours. Begging God to give... See, amen, your prayer is the proof that your peace and joy, amen, would be contingent upon Him changing your situation. But when you find peace and joy in the situation, it prepares you to come out of the situation. All right, if y'all stand, maybe I'll quit. Next week, my goal is to show you from the Genesis chapter number 1 that the works of God were finished before he ever started. Because in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In chapter number 2, he began to perfect what was already finished. I mean, in verse number 2. He just began to perfect what was already finished. That's what he did when he saved you. He said, let there be light. And now he is progressively developing the potential you already have in you. That's next week. Y'all not going to want to miss that. But when you start working from a finished position that I am now a child, I am now a son, instead of trying to work towards it, you start working with a whole new level of faith. Religion tries to work you towards becoming a son. Faith works from the platform, I am a son. So I am working from position, not to position. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.